Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 24. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Find out who you are and do it on purpose is a quote from the great Dolly Parton, which I love, which fits in with this gospel reading from the gospel of Luke. Now, in, uh, we're now in chapter 4 of the gospel of Luke. We're still near the beginning of the account of uh, Jesus' life. His, his birth was predicted. He was born in a manger. He was baptized by John the Baptist. He gathered some disciples. Last week, we remembered his first miracle, turning water into wine at the wedding in Cana in Galilee. Today, he comes out with his mission statement. Here in Luke, he tells everyone in his hometown, after gaining a reputation as a preacher and miracle worker, this is what I'm all about. That alone is not an easy thing to do. What are you all about? What is your true purpose? These are hard questions to answer when it comes not just to human beings, but to the things that we create. Take uh, Facebook for an example. What is the true purpose of Facebook? If you're not on Facebook, I can understand that, for it can be used to spread misinformation and division. But if you are on Facebook, I highly recommend that you become Facebook friends with Ray Fountain. 
The choir knows what I'm talking about here. Ray, Ray Fountain is a member of our choir. He's an accomplished musician. He's married to Judy. He's a father, a grandfather, and Mark Zuckerberg should be taking notes because Ray has mastered Facebook by showing us all what it truly should be used for, namely sharing hilarious jokes. <laughs> Last week, Ray shared a post that said something like, it's hard getting older, especially when the members of my family don't call me as often as I'd like. Fortunately, a, a young man with a foreign accent calls me nearly every day. The only problem is that the only thing he really wants to talk with me about is an extended warranty for my car. <laughs> Ray Fountain... True to his name is a, a ray of light. He's a fountain of joy. And this joke helped me remember this, this poem from middle school English class where the poet dreamed he was a butterfly. Then he woke up asking, am I a man who dreamed he was a butterfly or a butterfly who is now dreaming that he is a man? These are uh, good questions to ask, for life gets confusing. We all must ask ourselves from time to time, are we distracted salesmen who should be making extended warranty sales rather than keeping Ray Fountain company, or are we distracted Christians who have forgotten what we are truly here to do? One of the most important things we can do is come to terms with our true purpose. Psychologists have proven that it's even better to come uh, to terms with our true purpose and then say it out loud, because if we say it out loud, we increase the chances that we'll actually do it. But, but first, consider just how hard it is to identify what our true purpose is in this life with all the many distractions and oh so many choices of how to spend our time youth sports is a demand on so many parents time i was listening to a podcast last week about parenting an athletic child the host is a psychologist with a specialty in child development, and her guest was an Olympic athlete now raising uh, boys who are interested in sports. The Olympic athlete really got to me when she described what it's like to walk through the Olympic village. She said, no one in the Olympic village looks normal, but while you're in there, you start to think that it is normal to have 0% body fat or to be 7 feet tall. What they ought to do is have an average-sized person always standing around so that you can really see how different all the Olympic athletes truly are. Maybe then we'd realize that if our kid doesn't have certain genetic advantages, they're probably not going to make it to the Olympics. This was good advice, I thought, and that advice could be helpful to a lot of people. But the other thing that I got from this podcast is that when your kid is involved in sports, we must be sure we know what our goal is. Then we must make sure that our goal is the same as our kids' goal and weigh our actions considering what we are hoping to accomplish together. 
I like this advice even more, but not everyone does it. So some people think that they are encouraging their kids to play sports just because they're having a good time, yet if they don't ever see their children smile when she's on the field, we must start asking ourselves the hard question regarding what we're truly trying to accomplish. We must all think about these things. What are we trying to do? What is our true purpose? Can we say it out loud? Are we distracted salesmen making small talk or distracted Christians trying to, send, uh, trying to sell extended warranties? The subject is what our gospel lesson is about. When Jesus came to Nazareth, where he was brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is my true purpose, he told them. I just said it out loud. So determined was he to be clear about his true purpose that he ends the reading by rolling up the scroll, giving it back to the attendant, and while the eyes of everyone in the synagogue are still upon him, he said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It couldn't have been any clearer. And we know that then he went out into the world to do what he said he had come to do. Only Jesus makes this look easy because he's Jesus. It is not easy. Think about how much courage it takes. I was 18 years old before I had mustered the courage to dare tell someone I wanted to grow up and become a preacher. It was not until after I had graduated high school that I could even whisper the words. I said them to Dr. Jim Speed in his office for the very first time. Years later, a mentor of mine asked me what I hoped to achieve in life. I felt like a crazy person telling her that I dreamed of having my sermons published in a book. I didn't dare dream that anyone would buy the book or read it. I just dreamed of having them in there. At the time I said these things, it never occurred to me that either of them would actually happen. I was just making these audacious statements, saying my wildest dreams out loud. Have you ever done such a thing? It's not easy, especially when you consider how you might not do it. One might announce to his family, this week, I'm making dinner, only to find himself driving through the Chick-fil-A drive through line once again. Worse, one might say to her family, tomorrow morning we're all getting up early and we're going to Sunday school and have an insurrection on her hand. When Jesus made his declaration to the synagogue, letting them know what he planned to do with his life, I can imagine them saying... But Jesus, what about the economy? What about how bad King Herod treats us all? And my grandchildren never call me. Will you talk to them? 
We can understand what they'd be getting at if they asked questions like these, for there are all kinds of problems in the world. Yet Jesus just told them which of the problems he came to address and which he's letting somebody else deal with. This is a brave thing to do, so many of us never do it. How many of us can't say no to anything because we haven't yet come to terms with what we're willing to say yes to? Those of us who are trying to be all things to all people might take a lesson from Jesus here. If Jesus couldn't do it, what makes you think that you can? What were you born to do? What is it that you can do that no one else can there's this Howard Thurman quote that I love. Howard Thurman was the great theological mind behind the civil rights movement. It's been said that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. carried two books with him when he traveled, the Bible and a book Howard Thurman wrote called Jesus and the Disinherited. King reportedly had Thurman's book with him when he was locked up in the Birmingham jail. Personally, my favorite Thurman quote is this one. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world really needs is more people who have come alive. Have you come alive? Do you know what you are here to do? Are you willing to look yourself in the mirror to say, this is what I'm all about. This is who I am. I'm for one thing and not the other. I'm willing to stand up for the poor, which means I won't bow to the rich. I'm here to proclaim release to the captives, which means I won't just drive by the jail without thinking anymore. I want the blind to see, the oppressed to go free. I must proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor, so don't try to tell me that hope is lost. Dr. King often spoke about death as though he didn't fear death nearly so much as not really living. He said, if a physical death is the price that I must pay to free my white brothers and sisters from a permanent death of the spirit, then nothing could be more redemptive. More than that, he said, a man who won't die for something isn't fit to live. No one really knows why they are alive until they know what they die for. What would you die for? What do you live for? These are hard questions to answer because the moment you start answering them, you're just a, a little accountable. The moment you say them out loud, you'll also likely start disappointing people who had other expectations for you. This is just how it is. Uh, and so in our first scripture lesson, the law was read and the people started crying. With Jesus, it's the same thing. Jesus let them know who he was and what he was about, and the people of Nazareth tried to throw him off a cliff. More on that next week. 
But today, just know this. Jesus wasn't who they were expecting. Jesus isn't who we were expecting either because we thought the Savior would be who we wanted Him to be. Instead, He was who He was born to be and He is teaching us to be not who the world wants us to be, but who we were born to be. It's hard to stick to being who you were born to be, especially in the middle of a a crisis. Schools exist to educate children. It sure would be a lot easier for them to be true to their true purpose if they didn't have to respond to a viral pandemic every day. Likewise, a parent lost her job last week which was a momentary relief to her. Why? Because she said to herself, now it won't be so hard for me to drive my kids everywhere they need to go. Now is that what she was created for? It might be part of it, but there is more to life than carpool, my friends. And so... A boy once loved dreaming of who he would be when he grew up. In his sandbox, he played with a bulldozer and he imagined himself working on a construction site. In the woods behind the house, he fought battles and imagined he'd grow up and join the army. He lettered in three sports in high school but never made it to the Olympics because he was only 5'3". So after graduating college, he suddenly didn't know exactly what to do with his life, so he started trying to make as much money as he could. One day he retired from all of that and he began to wonder, what should I do now? Then the phone rang and a young man with a foreign accent asked him about the extended warranty of his car. (laughs) My friends, our gospel lesson for today pushes us to this one question in particular. What are you here for? What is your purpose? Jesus had the courage to say it plain. Now you go and do likewise. Decide what to be and go be it. It's never too late to dream of who you're going to be when you grow up. It is a statement of faith to imagine and to say out loud what you believe God might do through you. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.